Round 11 of the 2022 MLR season was a tough week for our fantasy league managers with three top teams on by. But who came out on top with only one month to go until fantasy playoffs? The Fantasy Rucker Show starts right now. Where rugby and the world of fantasy sports collide. Welcome to the Fantasy Rucker Show. Bringing fantasy rugby to the masses. Talking all things rugby from the MLR to leagues around the world. We're on top of it. Headphones on, pads off. This is the Fantasy Record Show. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Yee, Matt Yee, and Devin Vanderpool. What's up, everybody? This is episode number 15 of the Fantasy Rucker Show. Thank you so much to all of our league members. Thank you so much to our Fantasy Ruckers community members. And thank you so much to everyone else following along on this fantasy rugby journey as we try to make it a reality in the MLR. And as always, with me on a weekly basis and still with me despite some uh, some tough goings here in the past uh, <laughs> past week, Matt Yee, Devin Vandy Vanderpool. Guys, it was uh, it was a interesting round, uh, round 11 that happened last Last week, uh, some tight matchups in the MLR, some tight matchups in our fantasy league. You guys falling on the wrong end of that, but uh, how did it go in uh, in round eleven last week? Uh, you know what else is new? I'm back here, back <laughs> in the losing column. Get the bag back you know? out. Double it up. I'll wear one too. I was I was gonna there say, guys, go. that we we were on an upward trajectory there, and I felt like we were grooving. We were on a roll, and we got hit uh hit hit by a wall here this week. You guys both got stopped, Matt. You by uh by Steven, our newest league member, Vandy. You uh you took on Bing Bonk there, and it was a little bit tough. But we'll break down those matches. But Bing um, Bong. Yeah, it, it was tough. Vandy, I know you were struggling a little bit with the tough buys. Like I said at the top of the show, I mean, uh, I we've had bye weeks go through this season so far but i think this was the first week that we had three of the top teams on by and i think a majority of teams have a lot of players on these teams that includes the new england free jacks rugby new york and rugby atlanta and having those three top teams who have um, a majority of fantasy relevance in our league people were scrambling for pickups man and vandy i know you felt the the brunt end of that uh heading into this week and uh having uh, a lot of uh a lot of faith in your san diego guys this week didn't pull pull through you. but yeah the, talk about that uh that tough bye week here uh in round 11 yeah the, the bye week obviously like you said the top there are three of the top teams were out but i think another big part was i had four guys who could start and didn't start so uh, that was pretty tough but i mean it's one of those things that doesn't happen too too often. But I, another kicker was it happened to be Easter, so a lot of True. stuff going yeah. around. So it's like hard to get to the laptop. I felt like almost naked without my spreadsheets. It's like yeah. going somewhere without your wallet, man. Like, but, <laughs> no, I mean, we got the you don't know set. how to work spreadsheets. <laughs> He's yeah, learning, man. You know what? Don't you know what? You're feeling lost without your spreadsheet when you don't even know how to open it. That's right, that's right. I mean, I mean, to be fair, I would say that now that we're 11 weeks into this thing, I bet you that Vandy's Excel um, skills are a little bit better than when we first started. But we'll we'll, we'll continue to improve that going Great forward. Um, you may notice, still not <laughs> back at the Fantasy Rucker Studio yet. I actually took over Matt's studio. Um, in 
in New York. He's back in my cousin's room there in Canada still. Vanny's in the same old place, but a little bit shift. Had to throw on uh, the jersey here. Matt no usually wears the jersey. He's not. He doesn't got one with him in Canada, so I thought I would. Uh, I would pop one on. And and a big signing last week too that we're going to get into is uh, partly the reason why I wore the uh, the All Blacks jersey. We'll we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, lots to talk about in the show, guys. We're going to break down round eleven. Uh, we're going to talk about all the fantasy performances there. Talk a little waiver wire, some latest news and notes that are happening in the MLR. Some interesting stuff that did happen since our last show. Um, and then we'll also look ahead to our favorite matchups in round 12 as per usual. Um, but before we get into any of that, make sure you guys, as always, are liking, subscribing, following us on social media at the Fantasy Ruckers. That's where you're going to stay up to date with our league and uh, the latest happenings when it comes to our mission of making fantasy rugby a reality in the MLR. Uh, so you want to do that YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the Fantasy Ruckers. Uh, we really do appreciate the likes, subscribes. And uh, yeah, if you could also uh, drop a little rating, leave comment, interact with us, man, because we love love hearing your guys' interest in fantasy rugby. Well, with that being said, guys, let, let's hop right into it and, and talk about some news and notes before we get into the round 11 matchups. Some pretty big stuff. I mean, we talked about it, I believe, last show, um, but there have been some inklings about Sean or maybe not last show, but in the Discord community. I posted some news about Sean McNulty, hooker for the LA Guiltinis. Uh, he made an announcement last week, I believe, saying that his time with the Guiltinis is over and he was moving on. Well, hey, we got some new information a couple days ago about where that next chapter in his rugby career is going to be, and that is the Seattle Seawolves. That is right. Sean McNulty is moving uh, just up a little bit to the Pacific Northwest to play for the Seawolves. Um, they acquired him for some salary cap considerations in 2022. Um, it sounded like the the arrival of Big Joe um, on the LA Guiltinis really put a hamper on Sean McNulty's kind of con- contribution to the team and the raw roster, um, which um, allowed him to move on to the next phase. But uh, what do you see this meaning for both the Seawolves and the Giltinis guys? Well, I mean, hey, Giltinis uh, found the replacement already, and that's the reason they left. So not really a big change for them. And then the Seawolves, I mean, they're not deficient at hooker. They got James Malcolm that that is uh, has performed in the past few weeks and has performed this season. So, well, I don't see too much of a big change. Uh I guess it's just a trade that that is kind of nice to see some player movement. But other than that, I don't think it'll affect anything too much. Yeah, it, well, it's it's interesting because Sean McNulty, I think last season had such a big impact, and obviously this was before we had like implemented the fantasy stats. So maybe from a fantasy perspective, we may not have that same understanding. But Sean McNulty had a huge, huge role on this Giltini squad last season. It was a big part of their championship run um, last year. So it's interesting to see how quickly it kind of shifted off like that. I mean, I feel like that's just the theme of the MLR these days. I feel like the the turnover in terms of players is just so quick, and and teams are very. Uh, uh, willing to kind of move off of that if there's a better option or if someone's not performing as well. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's also interesting to see the kind of what is being paid or what is being given up for these trades. I'm seeing a lot of these 2022 salary cap considerations. I have no yeah, idea. I was going to ask about that. You know what I mean? Like they were also involved in a trade with Dallas Jackals, like the Seawolves were. Yeah. Were more cap considerations. I'm like, what is this? Right. And, and I'm not too sure exactly what that means. Just like with a lot of things that the MLR is kind of like uh, hush hush about. Um, I assume that it just allows them to, I guess, exceed the cap but that you know like here's a little yeah. bit of our here's okay, a little bit of our cap that we'll give to you in exchange okay, for this right. so it's almost I like ass- in 
hockey where they withhold some of the contract I'm taking similar. Right. I, I can only assume that's that's kind of what it is. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's interesting. Um, we've had had some trades with other involving pieces, but it does seem like 20 uh, salary cap considerations yeah. is something that uh, that we are seeing a lot of um, the next news and notes here, guys. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what Sean McNulty does. But moving on to the next thing here, um, not really anything from an MLR perspective, but something just to grow the game here in North America. It was just announced that the collegiate rugby shield is going to be broadcasted on Fox Sports 2 on July 2nd. And for those of you who don't know what the collegiate rugby shield is, um, basically, they're going to put together the best teams uh, in uh, or sorry, the best players in the collegiate scene um, that are eligible for the MLR going to create two teams and have them battle it out on July 2nd, kind of like a um, they do like that senior bowl in uh, in college football, kind of just high showcasing the best talent there is in collegiate rugby and seeing, you know, getting a little sneak peek of the guys uh, that will possibly making a big impact in the MLR when the, the next draft does come along here uh, later this year. So it should it should be interesting to see that. So about the draft in the MLR. Yeah. So I guess from when I'm, I might butcher this, but it seems that players can opt out of the draft and they're un, they're ineligible until week ten or round eleven or how does that work? I get I, okay. So I, I, and that's good yeah. that you brought that up, Vandy, because I was actually just going to talk about that because we're going to get into a lot of these signings that happened in this last week uh, that we did mm. see in between last show and this show. Um, they some of them did make an appearance and had a huge impact in this yeah. week as well. Um, so l- let's hop right into it. I mean, uh, we're talking about two uh, specific ones, and I think I know what you're alluding to here, Vandy. Um, there was two players that made an appearance uh, for the Austin Gilgronies, and that is Payton Talea. Alalio, I think I'm saying that right, and also flanker Ronan Murphy. And the fact that you brought that up, Vandy, it's just that, right? I guess I wasn't aware of that, but some people have concerns about the way that this is kind of operating and how, I guess, what what you're saying, Vandy, is that what you've heard is that you can opt out of the draft and you're not eligible, I guess, to get signed to a team until round 10. Yeah. And I guess that's what these players did. Right. Like, because because these two players, Ronan Murphy and and uh, Talea Elalio, um, both come from uh, the U.S. collegiate system, both of them coming from St. Mary's, a very good uh, rugby program here in the U.S. Um, I guess they opted out of the draft and they go to the best team in the MLR. And yes, it raises it, it raises questions. And imagine if you were able to see that in other leagues, that Guys could just, you know, opt out and and not uh, go for the draft. And I guess you have similar things where, like, for example, in baseball, they have international draftee signings and stuff like that. But this is not the case. Like, we're going to get into two other international signings that I understand um, aren't weren't in, you know, the draft, quote unquote. Like, we're going to get into um, Naholo and, and other guys here that are coming from overseas. And I understand why they're not in the draft. But guys that are yeah. coming from collegiate rugby, guys that are coming from, you know, that that is it prime. It's like a loophole, you know, like it's just it, it is a loophole. Right. So and, and it's hard to see because, I mean, you would want kind of those players to go to programs that are, you know, a little bit struggling. You know, you want players like that to go to the Dallas Jackals to, yeah, you know, exactly. improve the program, help them out and kind of balance and, and have some parity in the league. But if if teams start cashing this on, um, I don't know, you're going to you're going to have teams that I think that are going to start running away with this thing. Yeah. There, you're not gonna you're not gonna grow the team through collegiate draft. 
no, we're going to no, no, get the team better from signing guys from overseas. There's no, there's no, I mean, yes, the, the U S college landscape is, you know, improving, but your U your, your MLR team isn't going to be built around U S college draft picks. Even no, if but I guess, well, I guess the draft, to, Ryan's right? point, to Ryan's point, it'd be like, like Dallas Jackals could have used that guy. You know, he might not come in and steal the league. I don't, I don't think that's kind of the argument being made, but it's going to a team that's already full of riches. Like they got a front right. row when they weren't in need of a front row. For example, Wysake Nahalo is not choosing to go to the Dallas Jackals. Yeah, right? exactly. He's not going to the Dallas Jackals, but it would no. help that the Dallas Jackals could get some of the top collegiate players in the league. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm not saying that that's going to jump the Dallas Jackals up from last place to first place or even be competitive for that matter. But at least they're getting it a helps. talent pool from somewhere and not just getting absolute shine. And obviously, there's things that are compound with that as well um, uh, that with, you know, the Dallas Jackals going through what they're going through. But, you know, just to even out the talent pool. And I will say, I, I do understand the other flip side of it. Uh, and, Vandy, maybe you're not aware. Um, drafts is a North American thing. The drafts don't happen in the leagues overseas. They all develop those players through their youth programs and through their, their club systems and move these players up. So this whole idea of a quote-unquote rugby draft is a very uh, a new thing to a rugby league, and it's something unique to the MLR. Um, so in that sense, I understand where other people are coming from, but we don't have that grassroots development system here in the U.S. yet. For example, I know that they're starting these youth development systems within uh, the MLR, and I know Utah has a youth program, and I know other – like the Arrows have a youth program that they help develop guys. But it's just not established enough yet where that is going to make a significant enough impact impact on developing guys so it's kind of like give and take with these two things the but it is in, the league. yeah it is intra it is interesting how there is this loophole that i don't have an opinion on it yet i'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing obviously this past week they had a huge oh. impact but we'll see i mean i would just say is it a, a huge person- impact they brought him in against the dallas jackals like if you don't True. want playing time and you go to a good team then go to a good team but if you to want me, to get playing time just- then you go to the Dallas Jackals. You get Outside you, you, even after in, ten comparing, weeks. Comparing to every other sport, it does. It's just not good for the league. There's certain things that just aren't good for the league. I don't think you'd want top. Not okay. I, I shouldn't even say it without knowing exactly who they are. But I'm, you don't want top end talent going to the top end teams at week eleven when playoffs are what five weeks away, six weeks away. That to me just seems. I don't know. Bad for the league. I guess. Uh, we got we got Nahalo going to rugby New York in the middle of the season. I will talk about top end talent. You got a World Cup winner going to one of the top East East League team. It's not it's not the the talent that's coming from the draft. It's it's the overseas signings that's going to really cause the parity anyway. That's true. Very, very true. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't have I think as the MLR grows and they start to establish these things, obviously, these kinks will be worked out and, and what does work and doesn't work will be figured out. But it, it is interesting to see the two perspective. Vandy, you obviously come from a North American sports league background. So seeing that parody, seeing the draft, you you, you like side with that type of stuff and, and, and Matt digesting more European sport and, and watching Super Rugby where they don't have the drafts and there is no parody. The bad teams usually are not that great. And the good teams usually stay pretty, pretty good. And they use that ground and they, you know, if, 
hey, if you're if you don't have the youth system to go, there isn't a draft for you to rely on that you're just going to be given yeah. free players. You better figure it out yourself. So there is a pros and cons to both sides, and it'll be interesting to see. But I did see that Reddit post on Reddit where there is like kind of some weird feeling about that. And I would understand. Yeah, from I, was, a, I would understand from a North American it. perspective why that would raise some concern. But yeah, there there is two solid points on both sides to be made. And quickly, guys, I mean, we touched on it a bunch, but let's let's talk about that big signing with Sake Nohalo going to Rugby New York. Matt, I'm going to let you t- touch Saki on this first. Why Saki Nohalo? Let's go. Why Saki Nohalo? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. We'll do that when he's supposed to try that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, but Matt, what, what was your thoughts, man? I mean, to just to provide some context. So we get the the big twi- tweet coming out from Rugby New York announcing uh, the big signing was Saki Nahalo. And for those of you who are not aware of who this player is, um, he's coming from overseas, from New Zealand, former All Black, was on, I believe, Matt, the 2015 World Cup championship team, I want to say. Uh, 2015 six- World Cup championship team, yep. And then 62 caps for the Highlanders, 27 caps for the All Blacks. He's a he's a big big winger that's going to provide a lot of of impact on that rugby New York side. Um, yeah, the tweet came in. It was the night before I believe our waiver period was happening, and I'll say it. I tweeted it out, man. Malcolm, uh, there was a lot of guys that were putting in the bid, but uh, the guy who made the most commitment to him was Malcolm, the owner of Victoria's Secret in our league, dropping a whopping, what was it, 31 fab dollars on him to get him, not even close to anyone else. Yeah. That's just the impact that is believed to um, be had for the signing of this Wysocki Nahalo going to Rebbe North. But what are your thoughts, Matt? Okay, first of all, I don't know if this is on purpose, but you league members, you league members, and I'm not saying I didn't think the same thing, but there was a reason why nobody posted that in the league news. <laughs> I know, oh, yeah. You guys, on purpose. Hey, I was in the league. News I messaged Ryan so about him. Like, how good's this guy? <laughs> yeah. So that nobody would know. And you, somebody thought they could just fly right under the radar, like I thought I was going to. And then Malcolm comes in, ruining everything. Bro, I thought I was going all under the radar. I'm, like, I'm on one here. Ryan's like, no, you're not. The rest of the league. Yeah, but well, no, knowing our league, Vandy, with uh, with how we have a league filled with rugby versions of Adam Schefter's oh and stuff, uh, I, I'm not surprised that you guys were right on it. But yeah, but my my thoughts, I mean, uh, he's he's an All Black and he's a try scoring All Black, and he also knows how to recover from injuries faster than any other human alive. So he will be an absolute stud for New York. I think we had this conversation, Ryan. Uh, like last week when when it happened is where does he fit in i mean you don't sit fido co's back do you sit co no i don't think so we are um, obligated to say the, no on this 15. show <laughs> i forget who their 15 is but jack hyden uh, lockyer isn't yeah either way i mean nahalo is not playing 15 he's either playing wing or center and you're not sitting any of the centers right so does he come off the bench you, you I mean, you have an all black coming off the bench. That's just ridiculous, right? So it'll definitely add some depth to, to this New York squad. Yeah, I mean, depth to say the least, for sure. They're already deep at the back position, and they they only get deeper with this signing. Yeah, if I had to put my money on it, and and maybe this is just us being, you know, siding with Co and wanting to see Co still kill it out there despite the signing stuff. I do think that Co has experience at fullback, and and it seems like Co has been a staple of that lineup players like Jack Hyden and Troy Lockyer have kind of 
shifted in and out of the lineup, whereas Co has been a staple out on the wing. So I'm thinking we know Ed Fidao is not going to sit. So he starts on one wing. Pull Co to the fullback and then put Naholo um, in into the other wing spot. Uh, Co has experience playing fullback, like I said, and and I think that would be a pretty pretty uh, formidable uh, backline. I mean, you're talking about Sam Windsor at ten. You got Fuatai and Emery at centers. And then you got Fidao and Naholo, and then you got either Co or Lockyer or Hayden at the back. Damn, man, that, that is a, a nasty, nasty backline, and and it's interesting because Naholo is also a winger, so. I don't know. You guys tell me as 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 fantasy manager while you're making these fab bids. If he was, if it was a big time fly half, or it was a big time center, or or a big time back row player, I feel like the urgency to maybe drop a lot of fab dollars and pick this guy up is more significant. I feel like because Nahalo plays wing, assuming that he stays on the wing and plays for the wing on Rugby New York, the impact may not be as severe, or at least the feeling may not be because. They're just finishers, and at the end of the day, if if they can, you know, put together. Obviously, he's going to create plays, and he's a big, big time player. But the impact that he's going to have on the wing is not going to be as big of a player. Let's say, you know, that handles the ball a little bit more. Yeah, that's a good point. Makes me almost kind of well, think of Ryberg. Like I don't know enough, but you know, I guess Ryberg was a pretty highly touted guy, and what he's posted two tries on the year. Yeah. So, what, yeah, what do you think about game. what do you think about that, it's Matt? Comment, but well, I mean. I think uh, I think the reason why he is probably one of the highest bidded on players in our league is strictly because he's he's known to score tries at the highest level. So True. you expect him to come in here, no matter the playing time. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna end up scoring, and with that, with the guys around him, I think he'll he'll do just fine and probably get maybe a try game. We'll see. And I'm guessing they're going to look to get him involved too, right? So it's it's it'll be interesting. I'm I'm really 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 excited to see the the impact that he's going to have with his rugby New York team. That's already a strong side. They've been kind of slowing down a little bit as of late, but uh, coming off of the bye, um, I'm expecting them to go uh, to go rolling through here to uh, to finish off this season. Um, so it, it should be and 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 we had this conversation, Matt, too. Um, we were kind of debating back and forth whether or not he's the biggest signing in MLR history so far. I think I agreed with you that um, I think Adam Ashley Cooper and Matt Guiteau were both bigger signings than this. Um, but still, I, I would put it in the the top five, if not top three signings of the MLR. And, it, and it's very intriguing to see that there is a willingness and a intrigue by players overseas, especially the caliber of Naholo, to come over here to the States and, and play some rugby. It, Hey, it's a good sign for us. It means the MLR is growing and it's attracting attracting not only more fans, but more players that are very, very prominent. So um, I think uh, that'll, that'll be a lot of, uh, of fun to watch. So we'll look out for that in round 12 and whether or not he uh, starts in that starting lineup or he comes off the bench. Um, I think our whole league's eyes will be on uh, on that release, and and I know Rugby New York's been infamous for for waiting last minute into uh, to release those lineups. So uh, I think we'll be on the edge of our seats for quite a while here in in round twelve. But uh, that will do it for the news and notes, guys. Yeah, big signings, um, uh, big trade, and and uh, some exciting news with the, the collegiate scene, and talking a little bit about MLR draft. That will that will be interesting to to break down later in the year. But yeah, a lot of moving parts here, even twelve weeks in, and and then a lot of roster roster movement. So um, I think we can expect a lot more moving forward, too, as well, despite the fact that we're still 
you know, two-thirds of the way through the season. Um, and talking about being two-thirds of the way through the season, man, round round 11 was an exciting one, man. I think if I look down the scores here, I think every single matchup except for two was decided by one score. So, I mean, you got to love that. It leads, leads to exciting games, leads to exciting matches, and leads to exciting uh, fantasy finishes as well. So why don't we hop right into that and break it all down? And like we mentioned at the top of the show, it was a tough week for our league managers Three teams were on by the New England Free Jacks, Rugby Atlanta, and Rugby New York. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can only assume that those, if they're not the top teams, they're among the top teams that have the most players owned by league managers from those teams, making it only harder for, for teams to kind of set their starting lineups this week. I know even one of our league managers had to go without a second row player because he just couldn't drop anyone that he had on his bench. So yeah, that just explains how how desperate of a situation it was in round 12. But let's talk about this first matchup. And I know Vandy said it last show, if this outcome was going to happen, he wasn't going to show up. And I texted him. I said, Vandy, I said, Vandy, you coming on the show, man? He's like, nah, I got to do it. I got I to gotta face the demons. Um, man, Old Glory DC getting their very first win of the season against Vandy's Utah Warriors. And it wasn't just a win. It was a down-to-the-wire win, 22-21. to 21. Calvin Whitting, Whiting, Whitting had the opportunity to slot it and win the game for his team. It wasn't, it, by all means, it was not a gimme kick. Um, uh, it was, uh, I think I want to say like 35 meters out, a little bit uh, shifted to the left side there. And he missed it Fair. wide missed it wide right. A good kicker would probably hit that, or I would say a consistent kicker would probably hit that and win it. But I mean, a lot's on the line. A lot of nerves going through. Before I reveal the fantasy performances though, guys, thoughts on this Utah Warriors Old Glory DC matchup? Matt, I'll let you go first. I'm, 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 no, no, no. I'm letting you go first. Why don't you get get everything off your chest there, buddy? That's two L's this week. You can talk about one of them right now. Okay, well, we'll start off with some good. <laughs> okay, Mike Tao, I think it was his best game of the year, in my opinion. And that guy was all over the field. Beautiful behind the back pass. Oh, that offload was oh, all beautiful, oh, beautiful, oh. beautiful. Yeah. And then, okay. How did he get it around? Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna barrel. go a little side on this one. You know what? Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. You know what? I won't. I won't get into it yet. Um. Oh, I'll, you know what? Actually, no, it was this game. So Roberts Tanana. Okay. Mm-hmm. The ball goes in. The, I okay. I'm a little confused by a knock on because Mike Teo behind the back, like pretty much right after he did the other one behind the back, it hits Buddy's foot. Barely goes forward. He picks it up. They call it a knock on. Okay. Okay, I get it. Fair, fine. Roberts Tanana goes up in the air to catch the ball. It hits off his fingers, goes forward, and then he re-grabs it in the air. What is the difference? What is the difference between it touching somebody's foot and him picking it up or him double-tapping it in the air? Because that Roberts Tanana led to the penalty, which led to the try. Well, let me break it down. Let me break it down. (laughs) Bandy. Whoa! It was yelling at the TV. It goes off it goes off your hands forward and it hits somebody else's foot. No, 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 no. Oh, it goes no, it went backwards. Mike Tail passed behind the back, hit Buddy's foot, he kicked it forward and then picked it up. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know what what you saw. But the announcer was even like, I don't that's a pretty dicey knock. I mean, I guess you're, you're. I guess this is your first introduction, Vandy. 
the rule knock on the rule knock on is pretty straightforward but the interpretation by referees and how it's called i mean it's just like any sport it, it can get dicey especially with the knock on call especially when it gets close sometimes they'll be like oh yeah that went backwards and you're like nah that, that did not go backwards but uh you're gonna get a lot more of that vanny just like any other sport man you're gonna get rough calls like that i know that's tough um but yeah let yeah, me let me just how did, yeah well i was just wondering how did mikey tail get the ball from in front around his barrel and <laughs> around the back because he was carrying on the right side he... on the right side there was no... oh, yeah no. i i mean okay. i did so didn't have to... i didn't, didn't ex... have to maneuver around around the globe that he's carrying hey, around his oh, there was there was a breakdown though and he quick grabs that ball right over the middle that boy was moving, man. Mike He's moving. Was moving. I think, dude, I think that guy is a lot more agile and uh, and limber than you think, Matt. I think he can. He might. He might look big. He might got the big trunks of legs and and, and a little bit of a, of a gut. But uh, I think he can still move, man. There's a reason. There's a reason why he plays fullback. <laughs> if there's any chance that you're listening to this, I don't mean this, but he moves like back in the WWE. There's a guy named Rikishi, and that guy could move for a Samoan guy, a big Samoan dude. Like, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm comparing the two. Mike Taylor, <laughs> you move like a Kishi dog, and that's a compliment. All right. Um, well, some uh, top fan. <laughs> yeah. I would say, just to round it off, the one thing I would say that Utah is doing is they seem to have star players. They seem to have very good individual talent, but there is zero cohesiveness. Yeah. Zero. It, it almost seems like you're watching individual play, boom, boom, hitting the line, nothing there, throw it back. Like, that's how it led to one of the tries. We threw it back right to a guy. It was, like, yeah. pretty much exactly what happened in the NOLA game. Like, yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help that, you know, you're moving on from a coach midway through the season. You're trying to probably establish a, uh, probably establish a, a brand new uh, new system and philosophy. Uh, it's got to be tough this season. Big guys, uh, just yeah, and maybe – Maybe let maybe let Caleb McEnany, you know, kick the ball. Well, that I was going to ask that, too. Matt, you, I know you think that if Caleb McEnany lines up for that kick at the end of the game, he hits he that. Because McEnany has been pretty solid from the boot all yeah. season long. And I was yeah, surprised. Yeah, you, you know what? You, you know what? Vandy gets a win if McEnany's kicking. And I get a win if McEnany's Yeah, but he took kicking. a pretty big lick, though, before at, like, the 72-minute mark. And I don't think he was right. But he wasn't even kicking all game, though. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So uh, let's just quickly – we'll talk about Don't some fantasy. We'll talk about some fantasy performances here. Uh, Mike Teo is among those top fantasy performers for Utah. 8.1 fantasy points for him. Uh, Caleb McEnany as well, 6.3 fantasy points, scoring that try about uh, 13 meters out off of that uh, nice fancy offload of Mike Teo. And then uh, Calvin Whiting with the boot, uh, 5.5 fantasy points if he had, you know, one and a half. He would have had 1.5 more there if he hit uh, that uh, that game winner at the end of the game. And then for the D.C. side, Penny Lasaka. I mean, Vandy, you had him on his squad. He's a free agent right now um but he's among the tri leaders despite being on dc's among the tri leaders in the mlr and he racked up nine and a half fantasy points this match um and then you have junior sow big pickup by uh by the um uh feral hippies by steven a part of why uh it was a tough loss for uh for matt there um junior sow getting 7.3 fantasy points and then jamison fanana schultz big pickup by rugby morning this week as well 5.6 fantasy points for him so overall i mean it was an exciting match despite if you you were a Utah fan, if you were a, a um, Old Glory DC fan, um, it was a fun one to watch. 
you could just see when Calvin Whiting missed that kick, how much emotion poured out from the Old Glory DC guys and just being, oh my God, we don't have to go the rest of the season without a win. You know what I mean? Like just to get that first one off your back, I feel like that's a big, big, big win for Old Glory DC. Obviously it came off the expense of Utah. Um, and then before moving on to this next match, that was uh, that was definitely high scoring. I want to give you one chance here, Vandy. Are you still a Utah fan, man? Are you still sticking with it? Sure. Of course you're sticking with it. Because I feel like, man, oh, I don't know. I feel like you have like an inner like feeling for San Diego. And I th- they lost this week too. And there, there could be an opportunity for you to maybe switch on over. You like your boy Joe. Uh, you know, I, I respect that. I respect that. that. And, and, and don't forget, I called this last week. Um, so I, I was preparing you for it, Vandy. You just had to listen. That's true. Replay the tape. Matt did say Old Glory DC was going to win this week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on to the next matchup. Huge high-scoring matchup on the Saturday. The Toronto Arrows taking on the NOLA Gold at home 53-36. to Big win by the Toronto Arrows. They have been looking hot since they've returned home playing in Toronto. They are rolling. They're rising up the power rankings. I saw Rugby Morning's power rankings earlier today. They're shooting up those rankings even higher. I think he's gotten higher than Rugby New York now. I, They've been playing like it. Um, thoughts on their performance here against the NOLA Gold. Um, a big statement performance here by the Arrows. Oh, my gosh. Oh. NOLA Gold was allergic to tackling yeah. in that game. Jeez, <laughs> they did not want to tackle anybody. Forget that JP du- du- Duplessis. Duplessis. Yeah, JP yeah, Duplessis. Say it. Uh, A.K. Marshawn Lynch. Homie ate some Skittles before the game because he blew off about five tackles just spinning through the end zone. That was disgusting. Yeah. But, but hey, uh, I mean, he might yeah, have broke five mean, tackles. Hey, what's up with those Nola guys? might have broke every tackle. Yeah. Like, but Nola it, guys. I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk again, but, you know, when you're about 12 on a hockey team, you Are you trying to be hair, a jerk? You dye your hair whatever color your team is. Why was there like six Nola Gold guys with the same exact haircut with the same exact color? They like Even the frosted. Like, they like the frosted tips, man. Cam Dolan. Cam Dolan started it, and he's going through. Yeah. And maybe that attributed to. He goes. Everybody that's rocking the same blonde haircut is killing it this game. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, to Matthew. To Matthew's point, yeah, Nola had a hard time tackling, had a hard time playing defense. But I will say. Man, the arrows looked like they were moving the ball really, really well. And obviously, that's easier when you're not getting hit and you're not getting taken down. But the arrows are moving it. We we thought about this team of being defensive, not really scoring that much, really relying on their forward pack and just really playing that gritty style. Didn't show this week. This week, they, wow. they came out and were a little bit flashier. Well, I mean, they still relied on that set piece. That set piece was still an absolute yeah, that got, that unit for them. Try. That was a no, for sure. I, I completely Went agree. A bunch of tries. I, I completely agree, and obviously you saw that having Toronto Arrow set piece bonus point being one of the top scorers on your team, but they supplemented that with tries from their wingers. I mean, John Sheridan scored a nice one on the outside. Like, if they can piece both those together, that is what's limiting me from pushing them kind of higher into the power rankings is that really it's so far this season, it has been their forward pack that has been carrying. And mind you, it is against the NOLA Gold, but... If they can string their back piece like they did against a solid team and just keep this going, if they can piece it all together, man, this this Arrows team is going to be a force to be reckoned with and uh, if they can make the playoffs for sure. I got two things to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 12 actually was Tafuga, not J.P. 
the persists or whatever. Do play C, yeah. Okay. How you that? And hey, what was that kick? The penalty kick that bounces off the post, homie yeah. grabs it and it's right. So I, I so J, John John mess John John messaged me, the owner of Lads on Tour in our league, and he messaged me and said, Hey dude, uh is that gonna count as a tricess? Cause yeah. it should be. And let me ask Commissioner, I gotta lay down the law right here because this is the first time we've seen this all season long. Yep. It's not a try assist. Okay. It is not a try assist. Okay. That's fair. I, I got I another question sides. then on a try assist. Yeah. Um, so Aiden uh or Ronan Foley uh gets it off the line at the top. Yeah. He makes this perfect pass down to uh I think it was Cole Keith. He makes this perfect pass right. off the top of a lineup. Okay. Right. So I should get both, you know, set piece assists. Oh my god, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna string up for both. Assists. And you know what's funny? Even if I gave that to you, Matt, you still lose this week yeah. by point two. So and then we'll it doesn't add matter. 20, we'll add twenty meters nah. to Mackinac. Get out of here. Get get out of here. But yeah, to back yeah. to back to that point though, Vandy, I was working through it and I was kind of thinking in my head. The biggest, I think, thing for me when it comes to try assists, because there have been other close calls where guys like muffs it like to the side and then a guy picks it up and then brings it into tries. That's not a try assist. For me, there has to be some sort of there has to be some sort of intent uh, to make a play. Obviously, when he's kicking that ball, the intent is not to bank it off the post and land it in the guy's lap. Right. Yep. The intent is to get it in. So can um, that ball hit the ground. Yeah, or he can hit the no. He can hit the ground, and he can he can pick that up as long as he doesn't knock it on. Uh, he can pick it up and, and take it in. But yeah, I, I did think that was a, a hilarious one. And John John did message me about that, but I had to clarify that and say the trices was not awarded. It doesn't matter though. John John was able to come out with the the big W anyways. Um, but just breaking down some uh, some fantasy performances here, guys. Yeah, we mentioned some names. Uh, I think the big one, Matt, uh, here for you is your constant playing with uh, with the Toronto Arrows. Uh, hookers because it seems like some weeks you get up, it right I messed up this week. and he's your boy too man he, he he's your boy jack mcrogers i don't know what his his ability is of finding the try zone but he seems to do it on a weekend week out basis and he he's one of the try scoring leaders on the uh on the toronto arrow so it is it is really good to see but yeah, yeah. Know, he just he just likes getting his head stuck in there in the back of the ball and he's yeah. just he's just <laughs> finding his way there we go. Uh, so let's just break down some uh, top scores. Surprisingly, the top scores were actually three NOLA guys. Nick Feeks, Harley Wheeler, Juan Capiello, 11.8, 11.5, and 10 fantasy points respectively there. And then coming in there is the Toronto players. Mitch Richardson, 8.9 fantasy uh, fantasy points. John Sheridan, 8.6. Uh, Sam Malcolm, clutch from the boot, 8.5. Um, and then also, I mean, the Toronto Arrow set piece doing work as well, seven fantasy points. That's a big, big pickup by you, Matt. And really, it was the thing that kept you in this matchup um, for you this week in fantasy. I will say, despite the assist that you're arguing for Ronan Foley, not going to give that to you. Despite your decision with Jack Rogers and Andrew Quatrin, tough. What I think is the most tough out of the whole matchup was Nick Feek's try that basically beat you. And it was like, it was the 78th minute. 
he got the ball. Arrow's guys were all standing around, and he kind of just oh. like he kind of just like hops around and just kind of like finds his way into the try zone, and then everyone's just like, okay, like he scored, good job, and then like worked. It was a complete garbage time try that had so much impact on your fantasy matchup, and it just brought me back crazy memories of of um, you know in any fantasy sport where let's say it's a blowout in football, and you you want you still you're still you know intently watching because um, you know a rug, running back is doing garbage time runs and he gets a touchdown that changes your uh, your fantasy matchup kind of the same thing here um and i guess on the flip side of the coin at least if you're playing fantasy most people are probably tuning out of that game after 53 to 20 whatever 29 or whatever it is hey if you're still in fantasy still got an impact you're still watching that game so just a little uh, a little motivation there for it's a different way to digest the game it keeps you uh, in it a little bit longer if you are um, participating in a fantasy rugby league um so that's the toronto arrows and uh and Nola gold matchup blow up by the arrows. We'll see whether or not they can hit back on the road next week or this coming week and, and continue this, uh, this string of results. Cause they've been absolutely clinical so far. Um, at least at home at York U stadium, uh, moving on to the Seattle Seawolves, San Diego Legion. This was a fun matchup too. 34 to 32 in favor of the Seawolves, uh, the San Diego Legion. They've had some tough matchups here the past couple weeks. They've been sliding a little bit. Um, uh, the Seawolves, they come off, uh, their, uh, their bye. they were looking good last week and they come out this week and, and, uh, and perform once again against the the San Diego Legion. Uh, initial thoughts here, guys, on the Sea Wolves and that Legion matchup. Yeah, I mean, thanks for really digging in that whole Nick Nick Feeks thing. I really enjoyed that minute of reminding <laughs> me how I lost. Uh, that was good. So moving on. Uh, yeah, I mean, San Diego came back. They're coming back in the second half to yeah. try and catch up to uh, the Sea Wolves' hot start. Um, but that Sea Wolves backline. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Some of their set pieces, some of their set plays, uh, they were looking good, uh, and they got off to a really hot start. And and I'm, I mean, I was surprised to see the Legion come back and, and get it so close. But uh, but yeah, it was, it was it was it was a good matchup by the end of it. AJ Alatimu had a disgusting pass in that game. Yeah, absolutely gross. It like landed his hands, and he just like beautiful little. And how about my boy uh, Nanu, my fourth Legion player out of like seven <laughs> with beautiful play, draws in like three guys because he's the size of friggin' three guys. Pulls <laughs> in all the fenders and he's like, here you go, kid. Walk that in. You're welcome. Put a cherry on top. Gave him a kiss on the forehead. Put it to sleep. And I will say, Vandy, he may not have decided the matchup for you. wasn't really didn't help you win this week. But I will say, I think you're the first person to have him on your roster where he got positive points or got more than zero. So there we go. A big try assist. It was a nice try assist, too. And hey, maybe we'll it'll be cool to see um, Ma and Nanu get a little bit more involved here with the San Diego Legion side. It seems like he is getting into the groove of things a little bit more. He's working up those minutes. So we'll see whether or not uh, whether or not he has a bigger impact uh, uh, moving forward. I will say, man, I, I will say that Joe Peterson, man, Joe Peterson is looking, continues to look consistent, and he had a dirty, dirty pass to the outside. I don't know if you saw it, man, but it, oh, I thought that was forward, but that floater over the top, oh, it was, that was, that was gorgeous. I forget who, uh, who who scored it on that one. Um, I believe, oh, it was Thomas Aoki's. I believe it was his, it was his second try. And oh, just a, a gorgeous floater over the top, and he Beautiful. had a big performance in this one. Um, I know Matt, but 
They did have a lot, a lot of TMO reviews uh, for scoring plays this weekend. Yeah, but apparently, the one ref. Uh, I can't remember where I seen it, but he's the notorious TMO guy, and apparently oh. he was the ref that one. Oh, really? That's funny. That's funny. So yeah, some top fantasy performers. The top two were San Diego guys, Peter Malcolm off of the San Diego set piece. Um, he looked really, really slow there. Twelve point one fantasy points. Thomas Aoki, he's looking strong on the wing. Twelve fantasy points there. Um, he looks to continue to get more involved week in week out basis ever since he got signed uh, by San Diego and has uh, entered that starting lineup. And then AJ Alatimu, I mean. He had a little bit of a stretch there where he hasn't really made an impact in fantasy, but he looks to be getting back on the right track. He had a had a had a big performance there this weekend. And then Martin Iosefo and JP Smith as well for Seattle coming through seven points and six point nine fantasy points for them as well. So um yeah, I, I really love this weekend as we get into the more um different scoring ones in this next match but there's been a lot of fantasy points and i love these types of matchups when we have a lot of scores in it and a lot of stuff to to go off it makes it uh exciting and yes i know not everyone's winning but at least you're enjoying it because guys are scoring and you're not losing you know because you only put up five fantasy points um so let's move on to the next one here uh la guiltini's taking on the houston sabercats this one was a lot closer than i thought it was going to be 17 to 12 in favor of the uh the guiltini's uh guys thoughts on the sabercats guiltini's matchup yeah, Hanko Gurmish's is an absolute mutant. Yes, sir. That man has no hair, but all skill and beastness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, co- he comes off the... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go. No, no. He, he go comes ahead. off. He comes off that big Bosch last week, right? Where he sent uh, a Fuatai to the shadow realm, and then he said, yeah. "You know what? I'm going to give that go again." And it just seemed like on that try, like when he quick tapped it, they're all just like. I don't want to be Futai. You, you, you go. Like, I, it's okay. You could, I don't want to, I don't want to get injured off of that. So, um, yeah, he, he put big body to it and he was trucking through it and he was determined to make it to that try line 20, about 21 oh, meters yeah. out. So, yeah. Um, hey, you guys are going to have to explain that first try LA got to me. I didn't, I don't understand how that was a try. What, the Hanko Gramish's one? The one that he scored when he just tapped it? Or the yeah. penalty. Yeah, okay. So they were mulling ha- it in and then he just like hit it with his foot and they were like, Yeah, try. I'm like, Oh. Did you see? Oh, 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 oh no, no, yeah, yeah. No, 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 not that one, not that one, Matt. Uh so the Hango Gramish's one. So the penalty happened, right? So, you know, just like a typical penalty where they can either kick it out of bounds, they can go for points, or they can tap it and go. Mm-hmm. He did it quickly so that they couldn't get reset. You're allowed to do that. Like no, I no, 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 no. I know that one. It was okay. um, no, it's a scrum penalty. Yeah, it's a scrum penalty track. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, which one? So, so, so basically, Vandy, Vandy. Essentially, what happened was that um, anytime, anytime that there. So usually, this happens when there's a scrum on like the five meter line. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the attacking team has the ball. If they're pushing them over, and the only thing stopping them from scoring a try off of the scrum. From, like completely pushing the scrum over the line yeah. is because of a penalty from the other team. They'll just give a penalty try rather than oh, rather than playing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So the only thing impeding so them was you don't his own yeah. guys. Yeah. So they're saying, hey, hey they're they're going to score anyways, but because you infringed and had a penalty, like that's why they're not scoring. So we're, I'm just going to give. I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly because he didn't cross the line, and then they. Like they all just like high five each other, like we did it, boys. Let's go. <laughs> How does that make sense? 
All right, there we go. So yeah, two unique tries by the Giltinis. But yeah, it was. It seemed like it was a little bit more of a defensive matchup uh, between these two teams. I thought maybe the Giltinis would uh, come out here and, and really make a statement. Not quite doing that. Uh, Matt, are you with uh, um, or when he when Matt comes back here, um, I guess what's interesting yeah. is um, that you know we were talking about how this Houston SaberCats team is is uh, is is you know, struggling a little bit, but hey, they, they, they beat them that first time. Right. And then they were able to only lose by five points here. And I didn't realize when I was looking at the standings, um, they're, they're sitting at a five and five record and it is very, very, uh, it is a very realistic thing to think that this team can make it back into a playoff spot. If they can pick it up in these last, I guess, uh, six or seven weeks here for the rest of the regular season, Matt, I was just going to say, uh, before you headed out there was, um, in this matchup, they didn't get the win. They were Able to beat the Giltinis in that in that first week, does this week kind of you know change your idea at all? What you were saying last week about the Houston SaberCats? Yeah, I mean they're still five and five. Uh, they're still behind. Who who are they behind? They're behind. Uh, I believe it's. But that's what, it's but I'm saying is San Diego. Here are other they're teams with behind. five and five. Here are other teams with five and five records: San Diego Legion, Seattle SeaWolves, and and then them. You know what I mean? Battling out for the East. And I mean, yeah, we, I, mean we... I guess here's the plain question. Here's the plain question. Do you think that team is better than San Diego or Seawolves? I think that's an easy no. That's true. I guess that's my true. question, I guess my, I guess my question is though, is that are they as bad as Nola Gold or as bad as the Utah Warriors or the Old Glory DC? Because the way the way that you made it sound last well, week, all I'm saying is the way that you made it sound last week is that they're not a good team, right? Maybe they're yeah. not as bad as we think. They could be a middle yeah. of the table team. They don't need to be the best, and they don't need to be in playoffs. But hey, they're they're making strides here, and to only lose 17-12 to what hey. many people consider one of the best teams in the league right now, I don't know. It's uh, it's a pretty I good think, performance. I think if they didn't get two yellow cards and 19 penalties, they probably would have won. Like, I mean, Sabercats, like last last time they played, like whatever week that was, LA got like, what, two yellow cards. They were the serious offenders and they won and now they clean their act up and Houston doesn't and they lose by, you know, a try. Yeah, I mean, hey, still third last in the division, so it is what it is. All right, so what I'm getting is Matt still does not like this Houston Sabercats team. That's all right. I thought maybe a, maybe a 17-12 to 12 loss would have shifted like that. Anybody. Maybe 17-12 loss would have shifted that a little bit, but uh, yeah, I guess not. Uh, moving on here, Austin Gronies, Dallas Jackals. This is a matchup that uh, we know is not so uh, – a team that's not so great. The Dallas Jackals, once again, just – how many straight weeks is this yeah. of them not did finding the try line? I think three? Three straight yeah, weeks? Yeah, I don't know. Did something, did something happen to them? Did something happen to them like three weeks ago? Did something happen to them? Because that's ever since three weeks ago, they've just been – did something happen to them? I don't know. No, I don't think so. No, nothing. I I don't recall any. No, nothing. They they just turned it. They just. Oh, I did hear about that story. They went it. to a buffet and got really bad food poisoning. <laughs> That's right. Or maybe a podium of some sort falling or something like that. But yeah, no. I mean, we all know Dallas Jackals. They're struggling a little bit this season. They're going through hardships. I saw a thing. I believe it was Ryan Bauer, uh, the front rower for Dallas Jackals. They said. Uh, I believe so that they're still trying to, you know, establish a culture and they're trying to, you know, they they are making pause and momentum, even though it may not seem like it on the pitch from a result standpoint. 
I think we got to cut this team some slack, at least for this season, because that what they're going through. On top of being an expansion team, and on top of it being the first season, I think they've just got a really, really bad, bad hand dealt to them. So I'm really not taking any of these results for for anything, you know, uh, uh, in in seriousness. But hey, the Gilgronis made the most of it. They scored nine tries, um, 57 to uh, to three for the Austin Gilgronis. Uh, do we really need to say anything before I get into the fantasy performances? Yeah, get rid yeah. of all your Dallas Jackals guys as soon as you can. Yeah, I got something else to say. <laughs> Ryan Lowry. Come on, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have this no idea. Position, dude. I, I know. Scrum half. <laughs> hey, watch I what you're saying. Both, both Matt and I were both scrum half, so watch what you say, man. But I no, like I, the position. <laughs> Fantasy-wise, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a tough go, but yeah, uh, I'm just looking down the list here. Uh, out of fantasy performers, the top ten were all Austin Gilgronies. Um, we start off with Marco Keefe. Man, Marco Keefe continues to look really really good and after coming off of a struggling past two weeks in round nine and round 10 he comes out with a a big performance 15.3 fantasy points uh will mcgee big pickup by uh by uh, dankus anchors 13.7 fantasy points for him and then a big pickup by uh by rugby morning as well picking up the paid into leo Elalio, uh that uh that uh non-draft eligible uh player who got scooped up by the gilgronies there ahead of this week he obviously made an instant performance or an instant impact scoring two tries and then Sydney Shoup 8.2 Connor Mooneyham six points all go gronies down the board um I guess this begs the question before we move on here guys to uh, a league update is do you just put out any players that are facing the Dallas Jackals because it seems like every single team yeah. that performs against yeah. the, or every single team that goes up against the Dallas Jackals scores at least 40 points on them and we i think what did we say last week we said is the difference going to be plus or minus 35 and we started at 40 dude the difference was 54 so we, we oh, were Matt, you owe me five bucks we we were way way no that wasn't the bet yeah but we had a bet on something there was a bet for that and i said over 30 you did you did and matt said under but 57 to 3 crazy 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 so yeah it seems like moving forward it's dallas jackals uh uh uh, you're not touching Dallas Jackals players, and you're fa- you're playing any player that's facing the Dallas Jackals because it seems like that's where points are being scored. I mean, not every week do we see nine tries getting posted up uh, by a team in a in a single match. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Well, now we will every week. We see bonus nine tries at least once a week. There's yeah, two bonus yeah. points. Yeah, no kidding. Well, apparently, well, that was uh, round eleven, guys. Lots of fantasy performances. I think we had a little bit more than usual, despite not having you know big time players on New England Free Jacks, big time players on Rugby Atlanta, big time players on Rugby New York. We still had a lot of fantasy performances, which is really encouraging to see. And and like I said, with higher scoring weeks comes higher scoring fantasy matchups, and we love to see a lot of points being scored um, rather than than uh, than a minimal amount because it just keeps things exciting. So uh, with that. Being said, let's move on here quickly, guys, to a quick Commissioner League's update with how uh, things are going. Um, we'll just talk about how the leagues are standing uh, with the matchups in round 11. Uh, it was a close, close week, and we'll start off with Lads on Tour taking on Victoria's Secret. He came out up top in a tight one, uh, a matchup that was decided by just over two points. Uh, Sam Malcolm, Mike Teo coming big through big for Lads on Tour. Matchup number two. 
Feral Hippies taking on Matt's Ruck and Roll, losing by 2.2 points. And like I said, it was off the back of that garbage time. I thought we were against Hippies on this show. I thought we were against Hippies on this show, and we weren't going to let him win. I remember you telling me that. The start of the year, you said, no Hippies on this show. The Hippies can't win. You said that. The commissioner said that. Run it back. You said that. Run it back. Yeah, you. I don't know, man. I think you're – this is – Okay, play the tape. Play the tape. There is no the tape, tape, Matt. Get the heck out of here. You're just salty that you're losing. That's all right. Nick Feeks, 8.3 points. Now, now no sympathy. Damn right he got that garbage time try. Damn right, Matt. Um, and, hey, baby, play the video. Uh, baby, let's, play the video. Let's, uh, let's move on to matchup number three, Rugby Morning Man. I, it feels like with this guy, it's either, oh, it's either the most points in the week or the least amount of points. And Rugby Warren decided this week was going to be one of the most and is the highest scoring week uh, or highest scoring performance of the week. 55.8 fantasy points. And Dangus Angers was still able to put up 24.7 off the back of Will McGee, who had a good performance, but just not enough when you have uh, three guys that are scoring double-digit fantasy points. And then we have Bing Bong Theory, not really close one here, uh, 27.3 over 13.5. But like we said, heading into this, uh, it was a tough matchup. It was, it, was a, it was a tough week for a lot of fantasy players, especially for Vandy, um, who had to kind of figure out uh, some of those uh, lineup changes and, and those bye weeks going through. So an interesting one. But what has made it interesting with the way that those matchups worked out is that we have a little bit of a shakeup of the standings. Now, Victoria's Secret still sits on top, but we have a tie now. At the top spot, John John has been moving up the rankings, winning week after week. He now has a seven and four record, just like Victoria's Secret. It's only the point, total points for that is uh, that is against him. He's still ahead by twenty three points four. So we'll see whether or not that changes in round twelve. Bing Bong Theory as well, seven and four record. He got back into the win column after struggling a little bit. He was at the top of the standings not too long ago, uh, but he'll uh, remain in a playoff spot in third spot with two hundred and fifty six total fans points for and Dankus Anchors I don't know what happened he was leading for the majority of the season and then now he's finds himself in fourth spot at a six and five record 300 total points for those second in the league um, he'll look to get back in the win column this week and then this is where the playoff race starts happening rugby morning has that same record as Dankus Anchors just has the less total points for feral hippies he's won back-to-back weeks now four and seven and yes our two hosts our lovely two hosts are sitting the at the boys are back. The boys are back. Hey, we're the, back, baby. The boys are back. And yeah, they're sitting at seven and eight, respectively. Uh, two tough losses there. You know, just, just you know, it's. I think it's just a bad luck thing it here, guys. It feels like home. It feels like home. No, you baby. know what? I just love charity. I just can't help but say I just oh, love Oh, yes, you charity. do. We love giving. We love giving wins to other teams. We love giving money to charities. And oh, yeah. we love last place it feels like <laughs> home baby feels yeah. like home oh man i feel like i want to say that you should speak for yourself <laughs> on that but i feel like vanny at this point is now in that same boat um now both of you will be uh will you be know, i gotta say it's starting to feel like home <laughs> well hey, hey. The, chair, the chair's still warm come on in buddy come on in <laughs> hey well let's see I, I would like to see you guys uh hopefully maybe next week bounce back a little bit because it was no, fun to don't. see you come no you, no, you don't, don't. Don't, lie to don't me. pretend like I you don't want understand. To see his guys up the table. 
I don't understand why what happened with projecting your guys' struggles on me, like as if I have anything to do with what you guys are doing. You guys make the pickups. You guys make the drops. You guys choose what guys to start. I didn't no. tell you to drop Jack McRogers. No. I didn't tell Vandy to act slow. No. And, 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 Vandy, I don't know what you guys are saying. Vandy. We we know who, who, who the issue is. We know it's who me. it is. It's Just me. doesn't want <laughs> I'm the issue. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's right. I think yeah, you guys are the issue. Freaking ridiculous. Uh, yeah, after, man, I, after, I, after all the work that I do for you guys, and you're gonna yeah, say that I, I'm I, the problem. I said it. Not me. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's move in forward. Uh, yeah, you said let's, a pre-show. What are you talking let, about? Let's talk about hey, pre-show is different than on show. And now it's on yeah, the record. Hey, and now it's in the video. Hey, you can talk about pre-show. Um, all right, so let's talk about some wa- let's talk about some waiver wire pickups here, guys. Like I said, it continues to get uh, shallower and shallower. I'm not sure if there's really many guys that can be picked up. I mean, I'm looking at the top of the rankings here, guys, and a lot of them are guys that aren't playing anymore. I mean, Brock Webster is at the top. He's playing sevens right now. Um, Mike DeBoulis is on the top of the rankings. He's out for the rest of the season. Some guys that pop up, Adrian Carls, he hasn't played in the past two weeks. He's also on Dallas. He's the top player. Not sure if anyone's touching him. Vanny, this might interest you. Damian Stevens is in our free agency. He's a scrum half for Nola. But it does seem like Nola's kind of shifting between these three scrum halves. Between him and Devereaux Ferris and that other guy that came in to uh, sub in for him. Not too sure how uh, how you'll play with that. I guess you'll just have to wait for uh, the starting lineups to be released. And then Jack Hyden, he's also there as well. Uh, he hasn't scored points for the past, uh, past month. So I'm not too sure if he'll be a hot commodity. It's tough, man. It's it's very tough. I think it's more so not necessarily looking at total fantasy points at this point. It's looking at guys who are making an impact as of late because I still do see a lot of guys that are in the top of our rankings that are still um, very, very, very uh, high. But that's based off of performances that happened in like week two, week three. You know what I mean? Like they still they had 20 points that they scored in week two and three. And that's accounting for most of their 30 points, which is, seems to be the high in our waiver wire right now. Um, so that's also something to kind of keep in mind when you're making these uh, these waiver wire pickups. So quickly here, guys, as we start to uh, start to wrap up this show, uh, let's quickly talk about round 12. And the matchups that we are looking most forward to uh, for this round 12 uh, matchups. We got the Houston Sabercats taking on the Toronto Arrows. The NOLA Gold taking on the Gilgronies. Old Glory DC taking on the Dallas Jackals. Utah Warriors taking on the Seattle Seawolves. Rugby New York versus the New England Free Jacks. And then the Legion taking on Rugby Atlanta. It is the LA Giltinis on bye this week. So we have another full slate of games. <clears throat> Guys, which matchup are we looking forward to the most? Oh, glory, DC uh, versus Dallas Jackals. I was just about to say that. I'm about to pick up so many DC players. <laughs> he was Kalapu. Yeah. I'm picking him up. Dude, I'm playing Robert Sinana for sure. Oh, he'll get you so many meters gained, but no tries. I'm actually kind of looking forward to the uh, to the Toronto Arrows-Houston uh, game. I think that would yeah. be a good game. And, and I will say that's a game in Houston. So the Arrows are finishing up their home stretch. They'll be traveling to Houston for that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they are able to play away from home. Yeah, Seattle will be a good one. I will mention, Matt, about the Dallas Jackals and Old Glory DC matchup. I know you're laughing about picking up a lot of DC guys. And I was going to ask you that question, whether or not um, them being the second worst team in the league, if that scares you. But I guess not. I will say... 
there is something on the line for this match. And I don't know if this will provide extra motivation for the Dallas Jackals. If they lose this week, they are officially out of contention for the playoffs. They'll be the first oh, team out of contention. Oh, they already know that? Oh, I don't know. Positivity. Matt, you can't act Yeah, like they that. could make the playoffs if they win this week. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> they could. Oh, man. I'm just yeah, saying. Right. I'm just saying, man. I don't know. I like, They're just... They'll be the first team. I not the fact that they're going to make playoffs, but be to be the first team tw- to be the first team twelve weeks into the season to already be eliminated from contention. I don't think anybody wants oh. that. That's rough, and I think they'll be looking for their first dub. So I think there is some motivation there to go through. I don't know how much that's going to be. I'm just saying that is the Bro. thing. If Old Glory that- DC, if Old Glory DC wins, they officially knock out the Dallas Jackals. Hey Matt. Yeah, you know what's worse? They're out of playoff contention, and probably after this coming week, so are we, bro. <laughs> hey, Dallas. Welcome home, baby. The boys are back. The boys, the boys are back. <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So I would say, yeah, the, the one that I'm probably looking most forward to is uh, Rugby New York, New England Free Jacks, and uh, Legion uh, Rugby Atlanta are looking pretty good too. Those those two matchups, two top teams or four top teams in the league, they'll they'll be going against each other. But I do think that uh, the most fantasy <laughs> points will probably be had in the DC Dallas Jackals matchup. Oh, Ryan, ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous these guys are absolutely ridiculous i don't know i've been i feel like this show it's been harder to bring you guys in because you guys are you guys are you guys are blaming me for crap that i don't even do you guys are do you guys are you're i don't know man this is even better than if we were playing each other the same time that old glory dc and dallas jackals are playing each other oh wouldn't that be just old glory because i got at least one win yeah, there you go. Well, at least you got over 200 points for. I'm still sitting there under 150. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be interesting, Matt. I, as much as you chirp the Dallas Jackals, you are the Dallas Jackals of our league. So, hey, take that. Um, and I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even need to fall off a, a, a balcony. A podium. I just did it no. myself. Um, all right so to wrap up this show guys it's a very unique situation that we're in obviously you could tell with the vibe of this show um i'm gonna give the mic over here to both vandy and matt because obviously they have a lot to say uh, so here is their hot mic and their final thoughts after after round 11 so uh matt? yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna start first i'm not mathematically out of playoffs so i'm making playoffs baby I'm making you know playoffs. What? You know what? I'm going to wait, and I think this week so there's going to be another weird major signing, and I'm dropping every dollar of fab I have left. I don't know there who the go. next all-back player to come over is, but I'm dropping every cent I have, and I'm going to run away How with it. How about you I'm just give me all your fab, and I'll give you an Alessandro. Let's make a bet right now. Let's make a bet right now. Who finishes top? 50 bucks who for charity. Who top? Go. 50 bucks well, charity. I'm going to be last. You're going to finish on top. You just said you're going to make playoffs. I usually finish on top. <laughs> yeah. Well, Vanny and I are going to be three and four. Are we? We only have three wins. No, we're going to be third and fourth place, man. Oh. I, say, I got more 
wins in three, bro. Yeah, three I scum. Don't. Three scum. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I got that's... four. <laughs> <laughs> but four. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see whether or not you guys can hop back in the, in the win column here. But uh, yeah, I, I thought aside from aside from maybe not the results that you guys wanted to see, I saw that the fantasy performances were a lot of fun this week, especially statting them out because there just seemed to be a lot of tries scored and a lot of points, which made it fun on my side to not see anyone. I don't think anyone in our league this week scored below double digits which is good to see because i feel like there was a stretch there where um our league members there was at least a couple guys that got the short end of the stick and uh and got uh and got less than uh double digit points but wasn't the case this week so it it definitely made it a lot more fun to watch um yeah i think we'll be in for a treat here in in round 12 and uh and guys before we wrap the show any final thoughts for uh for the listeners as we head into round 12 of the season yeah as hard as matt has been on you this episode ryan you do a great job Hey, thanks. And I just man. want to give you a minute and say we appreciate everything you do. And this week, <laughs> hey, way more all in, It's all yeah. in. It's all Let in. Let me uh, just finish off the episode by saying, Vandy, your nose looks extremely brown over there, buddy. Just the way I like it. Just I don't know. Like that's it. hey, Matt. When you were telling me that you should switch up Jack and Rogers, Andrew Quatcher, and ain't gonna be your way. That's gonna be doing it. It's gonna be nice compliments like that that are gonna convince me to make those changes. But no, uh, no it's it's been it's been good all season long, and I really do appreciate all the fantasy league members that have been uh, I've been uh, uh, keeping up and and uh, obviously making their commitments to doing this because it definitely ain't easy, especially with the pickups this past week. Um, I know there was a lot of research that went involved in that, so uh, it was good for everyone to be involved in and be in tune with that whole wave of, of pickups and stuff. And we'll see whether or not uh, the same happens for round 12. Um, and we'll see whether or not those guys get their lineups out on time. Cause I feel like that's the biggest thing here is the teams to get their, uh, their, their lineups out at a reasonable time for you guys to make a decision. Cause last week wasn't, uh, wasn't too, uh, too, too good. It made things a little bit hard, especially some last minute changes too, that uh, threw a wrench into things. So, Honestly, I think it was um, more uh, what was going on this weekend. Rod. Like I, I, yeah, obviously the lineups are very important, but super busy weekend probably for a lot of people too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exciting for round 12. And once again, if you want to follow the fantasy rugby journey, make sure you follow us at, at the fantasy Ruckers. You'll be able to stay up to date with that and also um, be the first to know if we do expand our fantasy Ruckers project into more leagues as well. We we hope to uh, really make this a, a reality in the MLR and we'll, we'll continue trying to do that. So for Matt, for Devin Vandy Vanderpool, we will see you next week. And thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Fantasy Ruckers Show, bringing fantasy rugby to the masses, covering everything rugby from the MLR and beyond. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and be sure to tell all your friends. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, connect with us on social media at the Fantasy Ruckers. Till next time, this is the Fantasy Ruckers Show, signing off.